Hi, you're listening to Screen of the Crime. I'm Tess. And I'm Maggie, and this is a podcast where we talk about true crime. And what would happen if your favorite TV and movie characters committed those crimes. Mac and cheese. Oh. <laughs> this is the worst <laughs> fucking sound. I like can't hear it, but oh, yeah, I hear it now. I think it's really funny. <laughs> it's like the vine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just gonna be happening all throughout the episode. Just so sorry about that. Just so you're aware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Hey Tess, you know what this Saturday is? Um, four twenty. Yes, it is. Is and that is that what you're actually? Yeah, it's what I was. What else would okay. this Saturday be? I don't know. Yeah, it's four twenty, everyone. So if you live in a place where it's legal to smoke, smoke it. Um, <laughs> and if you don't, and if you don't, then... be a stoner fool like Tessica and go out with her friends. I'm kidding. Tess doesn't do drugs. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> um. Uh, you're not anti-weed, are you? No. No. I just don't, I don't do it. Yeah. Because someone called me a bitch baby. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Long story. Um, anywho, but do you know what this Sunday is? Easter. It's Easter Sunday. I'm aware of that. Which I should... means Lent is over, right? That is what that means, Go yeah. do all your sinful things you gave up for Lent. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is Holy Week. Um, so, it, today's not a special day. Sunday was Palm Sunday. I think we went off about that in another episode before. Yeah, we did. And then, yeah, so that just happened. And then there's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Saturday, and then Easter Sunday. I thought, is Saturday something? Holy Saturday? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so we have good news all around. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we have to stay in uh, Rochester for the summer. Yeah. Due to our lease. And so I have been scouring uh, <laughs> the area around us for a job, and I got one today. Yay. Congratulations. So now I am a clerical assistant. Yeah. And it pays pretty good money. Yeah. And I get to work a lot. And it's literally like a block. Oh, and yeah, and it's across the street from us. So yeah, that's amazing. I'm super excited. Mom, if you're hearing this, you're not. But if you're hearing this, <laughs> I'm super excited. Yeah. Um. Also, we'll be together over the summer so we can continue to rec- record. Yes. Which is nice. I mean, because if we were apart, I guess we could record, but it would be a... V- it would be a hassle. It would be a hassle and a half and also really bad quality because... One of us would have the mic and one of us wouldn't. Yeah. Unless we wanted, unless one of us wanted to order a mic, but the one of us me is not going to do that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's all the updated news I have. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's final season and everyone's dying. So. Yes, facts. <laughs> uh, if you're one of the, cause there's, I feel like, 
there was false hope because once spring came, everyone was like, seasonal depression's over. We but all, it was a lie. We, but, like, literally, like, I'm fine. Don't worry about me. But, like, I was like, oh, I thought the seasonal depression was bad. But then, like, the finals time, like, crash is way worse. It really is because the weather's nice out, but we can't do anything about it. And then also, like, everything you've ever had to do is, like, due now. Oh, yeah. I have so much homework I haven't done yet that's due. I have three group projects. Yeah. That I have to do. And I, like, the issue is I don't feel like doing any of them. Yeah. Because of the depression. Because of the depression. Um. Yeah. So there's that that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anywho, there are, what, two more weeks left to school? Uh, yeah. Before finals? Yeah. Yes. So I am thrilled because finals week, I only have one shift at the deli, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. Like, one shift in the two weeks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Which oh is Which is a big difference, because normally I work 19 hours a week, which doesn't seem like a lot. But it's, it's to a you, lot. To you hardworking people, but it's a terrible food service job, and yeah. also I have seven classes that I go to. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot. How many hours do I work? It's different. Uh, yeah, like it's different from when you started. Because I knew it. I knew it when no. you started, but then you got all the different ju- shifts. Yeah, no, literally, my starting schedule was one thing, and then it completely got shifted around. So mm-hmm. not completely. It's not that bad. It's because Tess was supposed to replace one of our people at the deli. Yeah. But then he threw a hissy fit about getting less hours, so we had to keep him on a couple shifts. Yeah, so, like, now we're, I originally had more hours, and then it got, but like, But then weird. two more of our people at the deli quit, Yeah. and so she had to take those shifts. Yeah. The moral of the story is, me and Maggie work together in many ways. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Um, I would like to have a moment of silence for our dear lost deli friend, Owen. I don't think Owen listens to this podcast, but Cold Ear does, and I feel like maybe he'll tell Owen. So, we're sorry you left school, buddy. Have a nice life. Yeah. Anywho, back to this. Yeah. I got work 14. Oh 14 God. or 15 hours. That's what it is. That's how many I'm working 14 uh, next semester. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's going to be such a relief. I yeah. Mean, I'm not going to be making any money, but it's going to be such a relief. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, this is... Uh, so what I'm, I'm gonna, this is the story of Mary Vincent. This is, um, graphic. Um, so what <laughs> I took this from was not Wikipedia, fun fact. It was a different site, and it went into very, um, explicit detail mm-hmm. about a s- couple of aspects of this case, and I tried to take them out, but they're still, like, pretty explicit. So this is, a, there's, like, trigger warnings. <laughs> a disclaimer. A disclaimer. There's, they, we talk about rape, um, of a, of a child. So, if you don't like that, which I mean, everyone doesn't like that, but if you don't want to listen to that, um, skip ahead to Tess's part. I don't know when that will be, just skip ahead to it. Just keep skipping until you hear me talking more. Yeah. Alright, so let's talk about Mary Vincent. Um, Vincent grew up in Las Vegas, and her parents worked for the casinos. Her mother as it was a dealer, and her father as a machine repairman. Um, not atypical for teenagers, 15-year-old Vincent often skipped school and later took off with her boyfriend. She lived with her boyfriend for a summer in Sausalito, California, until authorities apprehended him on rape charges. Um, they weren't against her. They Mm -hmm. were just general rape charges. 
Um, Vincent returned to Las Vegas but ran away in September of 1978 and headed towards California to visit her grandfather in Corona, California. Vincent had spent the summer sleeping in her boyfriend's car and was not hesitant to hitchhike her way across the state. Lawrence Singleton slowed down his van to pick up Mary Vincent in Berkeley, California on the morning of September 29, 1978. Singleton was a merchant seaman by trade and upon finding Vincent, told her with a kind smile that he had a daughter just about her age. Mm -hmm. um, he also told her he'd been heading to Reno, but would happily change course to take her to Los Angeles. Her destination, Corona, California, was on the outskirts of the city, and she initially accepted his family man demeanor. Despite his, um, dude, facade, <laughs> every time I see it, I'm like, facade? <laughs> oh my god. I'm sorry, guys. Just say it like that from now on. Despite his facade, th gotta throw people off the rhythm sometimes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> this episode just gonna be just I, just an update. Maggie's still eating mac and cheese. I so have like a full bowl of mac. I'll and try cheese and here. talk more during this so you can have your little like mac and cheese breaks. <laughs> yeah. So I'm eating dinner. Um. <laughs> Middle-aged singleton reportedly had a temper and was a misogynist. Oh word. Yeah. His second wife recently divorced him, and his relationship with his teen daughter was strained. As they had fought earlier that year and never um, reconciled. Reconciled. Yeah. In the past, he'd been convicted of contribu con contributing mm -hmm. to the delinquency of, of a minor and had a history of alcohol abuse. Vincent was unaware of Singleton's instability and gone to his van. When Vincent lit up her cigarette shortly after accepting the ride, she sneezed and Singleton reached over to feel her neck, asking if she was sick. Vincent didn't like the physical contact and pulled out of his reach, but soon drifted off to sleep when he didn't try anything further. Sorry, I was just like, oh, that's danger. Danger. Who's mm -hmm. the fuck? Sorry. Uh, she often, she even offered to help him carry some laundry at a stop along the way before nodding off, not thinking that anything was amiss. Yeah. When she woke up, she realized they were way off course and driving back towards Nevada. Scared and angry, she found a sharp stick in the car and pointed it at Singleton. She demanded he turn the van around and take her to where she was headed. Singleton, um, acqui acquiesced, acquiesced. What? I know the, oh. what, what it means. That's a weird... I can't fucking pronounce it. What does it mean? He just said, he was like, oh, sorry. Oh. And calmly apologized. I've, like, never. Like, he, like, 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 when you pointed the stick, he was yeah. just like, ooh, no. You know what I mean? It's not important. Okay. Okay. Reassuring the teen, he was just an honest man who made a mistake. Oh. I don't know why I said it in that voice. Vincent <laughs> believed he was remor- Yeah, Vincent believed he was remorseful, and the ride continued. Okay. Never trust a man. Um. Never, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Singleton stopped the van to go to the bathroom, so Vincent got out to stretch her legs. As she leaned down to tie her shoes, Singleton s struck her by surprise. He beat her across the back of the head, punching her until she fell. Ugh. Singleton made her perform oral sex on him. That was... Yeah. Okay. Um, then he dragged her to the back of the van and raped her. He told her not to scream or he'd kill her and to obey him if she wanted to live. 
He then bound her hands behind her and drove for a while. Eventually, he came to a stop, cut her hands free, and ordered her to drink some unknown alcohol from a plastic jug. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so woozy and confused, Vincent was repeatedly raped until she passed out. Um, when Vincent regained consciousness, Singleton was still there. He ordered her to lie on the edge of the road, and she pleaded with him to set her free. He began saying, You want to be free? I'll set you free. As he went to the van to find something, he returned with a hatchet. Oh, shit. Um, Mary struggled as Singleton held her down and cut off her right arm. Ooh. She screamed as he moved on to the other arm, severing it right uh, below the elbow. He then shoved the naked and bleeding girl down an embankment into a culvert. Um, he stuffed her into a concrete pipe and told her, okay, now you're free, and left her there unconscious and near dead. And by concrete pipe, I mean, like, the big ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, you got it. Not like a, a little yeah. pipe. We all got it. Okay. Um, when Vincent regained consciousness, she was in a dire state. She was at the bottom of a ravine, bleeding profusely, alone and naked. She mustered the strength to stand up and walk three miles out of the culvert, where she, the- <laughs> she later found out was Del Puerto Canyon. What the fuck? She, holy fuck. Yeah, this, this chick's a badass. Holy shit, how um, the fuck? Okay. So, I know, I don't have it written down, but in, like, the other, the other things that I read about her, like, she was laying there, like, in, like, the dirt and stuff, and she was like... She, like, wanted to, like, just go to bed, you know? But she was like, I can't do this because he'll do it again. And I yeah. can't let that happen. He needs to get caught. So she stuffed, like, her her nubs, her, like, bleeding arm nubs, were, like, with dirt and stuff. So yeah. it'll stop them from bleeding. Yeah. And she climbed up the, Whole... the cliff. Does she... Well, I won't... I won't ask you something that I will find out in, like, a minute, so... Because I was wondering if she... Does she live... You'll find out in a minute. Let me just... <laughs> yeah, I have... just eat my macaroni. Yeah, no, I have such a problem where, like, me and Maggie will be watching a show or something, and then... And she just... asked me two seconds before it's about to be revealed. <laughs> this happens all the time with, like, Pretty Little Lives. will be like, who's A? And then she'll be like, it'll, like, the episode we're gonna find out. Not even that. She'll be like, wait, does he find out? And then, like, two seconds later, he'll be like, I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, Yeah. Even, I feel like I do that even in shows that, like, I know we both haven't seen. I know. I know. <laughs> I think, well, I'm not, like, genuinely asking you. I'm just, like, asking myself. It's more of, like, thinking out loud, you know? Because I'm not expecting to get an answer. She followed the sounds of the nearby freeway <laughs> and raised her arms to keep the bleeding to a minimum. So picture this. A naked girl. Covered in blood armless walking out into the middle of a street something out of a fucking horror movie it's yeah yeah. um upon reaching the freeway the first people who spotted her sped away in fear just so sad yeah um the second couple who had been traveling on vacation stopped to help her they were actually two people on a honeymoon who made take the wrong exit shit and they found her that's (laughs) <laughs> whoa that's whack mm-hmm. um they wrapped her in linens from the car before driving her to a nearby airport um there they called an ambulance and all she could say was he raped me after the attack 15 year old vincent was resilient and provided law enforcement with such a detailed description of her attacker that they immediately that people immediately recognized the police sketch holy shit 
During her recovery, specialists fit Vincent with prosthetics, and she returned to school, adapting to her new disability. When authorities apprehended Singleton, Vincent testified against him. Singleton insisted Vincent was a prostitute, claiming he had committed he hadn't committed a, the crime. He also maintained someone else had been in the car, and Vincent had threatened him with false accusations. Singleton called her a ten dollar a night whore. Sorry. Um, despite everything Singleton said, Vincent stood up in front of the court and pointed one of her hooked prosthetic arms at him. Vincent only referred to Singleton as my attacker, and she declared in the firm voice that he did this to her. Um, years later, when Florida police arrested Singleton for another crime, Mary unflinchingly testified against him again. Shit. She's a, she's a boss-ass bitch, and I love yeah. her. Yeah. To answer your question, yeah, she survived. <laughs> yeah, okay. Authorities had overwhelming evidence against Singleton and convicted him of multi- on multiple charges, including kidnapping, attempted murder, and rape. Vincent quickly left the courtroom after Singleton made a quiet comment to her. He later admitted that he told her, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life. Like when she walked past him. Mm-hmm. Um, Vincent was terrified at home. Um, she was having trouble with her family, felt isolated at her specialized school for the handicapped. She moved away as soon as she graduated and became secretive about her life and location. Mm-hmm. Traumatized and depressed, Vincent became anorexic, had trouble leaving the house, and saw many of her close relationships fall apart. She ended up living in fear for years. Um, after serving only eight years and four months, San Quentin, which is the prison, released mm-hmm. Lawrence Singleton because he had been a model prisoner. Oh. The public ep- expressed a massive outrage against this um, yeah. leniency. And the unremorseful prisoner still claimed he was innocent and had never rape or, raped or dismembered Vincent. Towns in California refused to allow him to move or live there, isolating him and making it so that they that he could not rejoin society as intended. Singleton ended up spending his parole in a trailer on the San Quentin grounds under a curfew and watch of cards. Yeah. <clears throat> he joined Alcoholics Anonymous and claimed he was sober. Meanwhile, Vincent remained in hiding. Singleton felt that he was the victim to the attack against Vincent and decided to sue her. While in jail, he claimed he considered the alleged events and knew he was not guilty. He said he remembered Vincent threatening to accuse him of rape and that she had brandished a stick at him. He decided that that was the reason he had become violent, maintaining mistreatment from the court. He filed a complaint suing Vincent for forcible kidnapping for the purpose of robbery. He uh, finds fiend... Fiend? Whatever. Sympathy for Vincent, claiming he almost vomited three times and could not sleep for several nights after filing. Um, this... This suit never gained traction, and the court dismissed it. Yeah. Obviously. hmm Mary Vincent was not the only one who feared Singleton. His own daughter, Deborah, spoke at the length about the nature of her father and what he was like as a dad. When she found out he was getting out of jail, she also fled and hid, asking law enforcement if there was any way that they could keep him behind bars for longer. This is his daughter. Yeah. Considering how he had used his status as a father to lure Mary into the car, it only made sense in her own world words, quote, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him in longer, and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he is a danger. I said that before the first crime. 
I've changed my name multiple times and I'm moving across state lines. And you all suggest a piece of paper that will tell them exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Um, finding California with less than welcoming, Singleton moved back to his home state of Florida, <laughs> where he was arrested in 1990 for petty theft. Hmm. I'm not done. Let me just eat my mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah. I don't... It seems like he would have been in jail for a lot longer. The issue was... Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that... So they wanted him in longer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But during the time in the 80s, what I believe what happened was that was the maximum amount of time that they could sentence him to in California on those charges. Like, I mean, I know he got out a little bit early. Yeah. But, like, the maximum time I think was, like, maybe, like, 10 years or something. Mm. Like, they could not sentence him for more. Okay. Because he didn't murder anyone. Yeah. But also, like, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he was sentenced two years, but only served a fraction of the time. In 1997, after his release, he lured a young prostitute by the name of Roxanne Hayes to his home, um, where he attacked her. Neighbors called the police, hearing the noise. When police arrived, they found Singleton covered in blood with the body of Hayes lying on the floor dead. The mother of three had been stabbed multiple times in the torso. Mm. This time, he was convicted of murder and sentenced to the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, he died in 2001 on death row, finally giving Vincent some sense of closure. Sorry, I have to cough. <coughs> um, however, his earlier, earlier release while serving the sentence of raping and dismembering Vincent left anger and sadness in those who thought Hayes' murder could have been prevented. When Mary Vincent was a girl, she wanted to be a dancer after Singleton's attack... Her legs had to be used to reconstruct her, reconstruct her arms. This reality ended her childhood dream of dancing. Years after recovery, Vincent got married, but then later divorced. Mm. Her trauma had caused her years of stress and depression. Eventually, she became a mother of two boys. Um, from there, her life began to change for the better. She began to heal and establish close relationships as her new family bega- began, became her life. Vincent also began began to paint, draw, and sketch. Art has brought her joy as well as new direction for her life. Some works are valued at $2,000 or more. Hmm. She is happy. Um, she has mostly moved past the labels cast on her while Singleton was still alive. As she puts it, most people know me because of who I am, not just what happened to me. They just assume I was born this way. That's it. Damn. She's... Like, that's crazy. Uh Uh-huh. I, I, because I think I've heard, like, the beginning of this, but I never, I didn't know that it was, like, everything else happened after. Dude, yeah. No, when I found out about, okay. So, I listened to the podcast where I found out about this while I was working my retail job. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I'm, like, in the five and ten folding shirts while this, like, gruesome stuff is happening in my headphones. Yeah. Um, and then, literally directly after that, I go home and my aunt, not home, I go back to my grandma's house, which is where I was living. Mm Mm-hmm. And my aunt was visiting, and I'm like, I need to tell you this story. So we're walking at night through this <laughs> tiny-ass town of Winter Harbor, and I'm just telling her this gruesome story. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then my mom shows up, like, a couple months later, and I'm like, Mom, I need to tell you this story. Yeah. So, like, I was telling everyone about this, because yeah. I was like, one, men suck. Not all men, but this man sucks. Yeah. 
and two, this bitch climbed out of a ravine with no fucking arms. Yeah. What a queen. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, all right. I got it. Yeah. Sorry. I was like, this whole time I was like, what? This is, again, this is one of those ones where it's like very unique, specific. Sorry. So I was like, what do I do? But I think I have one and it's gonna not be like an exact matchup because this is very unique. So, okay. So, everyone should see, should have seen this movie. It's a very classic movie that you should see. Science of the Lambs. Oh, okay. I would like to state I have not seen it. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I do know the significant parts in it. Okay, know what that's, it's yeah. about. That's fine. Because, again, because it, it, like, doesn't match up at all, really. So. Okay. But I think, like, you'll see the angle I'm coming at, though. So. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, like, really struggling with this macaroni. <laughs> okay. So, um, I think that this, like... I'm gonna basically have, like, Science of the Lambs. Like, what happens in that movie with, like... So, let's just do a quick recap of Science of the Lambs. Um, I'm sorry. Before we start. Before. I know it's about Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, but is it anything like the TV show Hannibal? Uh, I haven't seen that, and I don't think it is at all. Okay, you may continue. Okay. Um, so, can you, what's, um, Jodie Foster's character's name again? Huh. Um, Cat. Clarice. Clarice. What, isn't there a line when it's like, blah, 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 Clarice. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, so, basically, Jodie Foster is an FBI agent, and she is interviewing a serial killer. A former psychiatrist and incarcerated cannibalistic serial killer. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Yes. And, um, so he is not, so he's, like, a killer in this, but he's not, like, the main enemy. The main enemy is Buffalo Bill. He's a serial killer. Who is a serial killer. skins his female victims' corpses. Yeah, so he's, like, basically just, like, making, like, a skin suit of all these women, and he's, like... I have a question about yeah. Buffalo Bill because I listen to a podcast called uh-huh. Dead Meat. Yeah. And they reference Buffalo Bill every single episode. Um because a lot of uh serial a lot of scary movies, there we go. Mhm. Or horror movies have serial killers or like the villain who cross dresses in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Does and I know Buffalo Bill, I see that he skins his female victims. Does he wear the skin yeah he is like trying to be a woman okay he's yeah he is like you see him and he's like dressing up he has like all this like it's really creepy he has like all these like women's clothes and he like acts very feminine okay and so yeah he's like yeah no that's the goal um so yeah so clarice is interviewing or interrogating hannibal about she wants to talk to him to get answers like into the mind of buffalo bill because he's out and like they're really trying to catch him so clarice is talking to hannibal and like they kind of form this like relationship and hannibal's just being creepy as fuck and um he does he 
escape. He does escape. Hannibal escapes. <laughs> so he's out there. Um, but he doesn't, like, attack anyone or anything like that. So, um, yeah. I'm just, like, as I'm going through this plot, I'm, like, it's very much, like, not at all related to the case. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. like, but it's fine. It's just, like, I have to explain the plot because that's what I do. So, are you good? Yeah, I'm sorry. You're good. I'm fine. Can okay. you hear me? It's good. You might want to sit up. I know. Keep talking. I'll give you a second. Yeah. So, here's what the aspect I'm coming from with this. Um, Mary, is that her name? Mary? Uh, I don't know what you want from me. The name of the woman. Um, um... I'm, I'm Mary. not seeing a Mary. Marsha? No, no, like, in your case. Oh, yes! I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, her name is Mary Vincent. Okay, so Mary, I think, is Jodie Foster in this. Because they're both, like, women who have to face men being assholes to Facts. them consistently. Because Jodie Foster, she's this, like, very small woman, but she's an FBI agent, and then, like, it's just, it's a, like, kind of a theme in the movie of, like, all these men are like, you can't do this, mm-hmm. when she's, like... She's the one who's cracking the cases, getting Buffalo Bill, all that. So, I think that the angle that I'm going this with is that, like, Silence of the Lambs and, like, becoming an FBI agent is, like, Mary Vincent, like, would maybe try and do that to, like, because she was very much like, I want to stop this from happening to other people. So, she kind of goes into it. And is like, I'm going to train to be an FBI agent. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, or, like, again, not, like, it, she obviously can't be, like, the same type, but, like, just something like that where it's, like, trying to stop this from happening to other people. Because, like, the Buffalo Bill situation, it's, like, consistently happening to all these women that are being attacked. And Jodie Foster clearly is like, I need to stop it. What? What? It puts the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at quotes from Silence of the Lamb. Yeah, that's a famous one. Uh, Quid pro quo. Yeah. Just put the shampoo in the basket. Just put the shampoo in the basket. <laughs> I ate his liver with some fava beans. Mm-hmm. That's a funny sentence. Yeah. I'm always looking for the, the Clarice line. Oh. Um... Well, Clarice. Oh, I think you just missed it. Is it that? Oh, one? well, Clarice. Have the lamb stopped screaming? Yeah. I don't know why it repeats it twice. Yeah. Does he repeat it twice? I don't know. I think he might be, like, saying it, like, creepily, repeatedly, you know? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just S's. Oh, I, s- I remember that, yeah. Yeah. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. Yeah. Hannibal Lecter's, like, just very manipulative to Clarice because, like, they're talking and it's, like, basically he's in a cell, like, maximum prism cell, and she's on the other side. It's, like, a glass wall. And, like, he still is, like, fucking her up from, like, just sitting inside a cell with, like, minimal communication. It's really creepy. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. But I think, yeah, this was kind of a tough case to like come up with a big yeah, detailed plot to it's fine it was worth it because it's a very interesting case but i think like i don't know i think the message out there is like 
women are out here to stop men. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't get us wrong. We are not radical feminists. No, no. <laughs> um, and we believe men have rights too. Yeah. But in cases of serial rape and murder, it's never a woman. And like, I mean, obviously there are women. Mhm. But it's mostly men. Yeah. And um buffalo bill sorry yeah and so we're just trying to make that point yeah that's what i'm saying i'm saying like in terms of like you know being like oh i'm gonna get a buffalo bill tattoo <laughs> don't i'm please. kidding sorry we i just passed by this this is it's a picture of a woman in a bra holding her middle finger up and she's got this tattoo of what looks like a maybe like a little knife or something yeah does he have it? Yeah, he has it. Yeah, it's like a... It's I, like a... It looks kind of like a horn. Yeah. But it's like dripping blood. Yeah. I don't know how to describe this. Yeah, it's it's kind of... It is very... It's something that's like... It's not super complicated, but it is just like... How does one describe that? I don't know. Um, But it is one of Buffalo Bill's tattoos. I think if you get a tattoo that Buffalo Bill had... <laughs> that you're messed up. Yeah, just a little bit. Unless you, like, got it because it's, like, a tattoo in the movie. And it's not that you particularly like Buffalo Bill, but you particularly like the movie. But then again, I wouldn't get a Buffalo Also, Bill like, tattoo. I think there's better... If you're gonna get a Silence of the Lambs tattoo, there's better ones to get. Yeah, like, get that moth thing that's on the cover. Yeah, get the moth, uh... I like how I can I can recognize all the Redbubble models. <laughs> Buffalo Bill's body lotion. That's kind of funny. That's cute. Yeah. Sorry, now, saying, now we're just looking at Google images. Now we're just, yeah. <laughs> Got the pie maker from, um, what's that movie called? Uh, Pushing Daisies. Oh. So not a movie, so I guess. Yeah. Anyways. I'm so sorry. We're going out of control. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're unhinged. We're just going through Google images. Yeah. I live for Google images. Same. <laughs> um, I took a summer camp class. At, um, uh, Cleveland, Cleveland Institute of Art, mm-hmm. sorry. And we learned about design, um, obviously. And so, uh, we, we talked about, like, scenes from Fargo and stuff where they're, like, like, the, the big... <laughs> Every time you say Fargo, you really try and say it with the accent. I, okay, here's the thing about Fargo. Um, I don't want to just say Fargo, because it's Fargo. Yeah. Um, and I also really think that accent's cute, so. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, if I went to college in Minnesota, I would have a Minnesota accent, and I'm so sad about it. But would've been we, we talked about it, the scene from Silence of the Lambs when, uh, I, I believe it's the scene where she is talking to Hannibal when he's on the thing. Yeah. And there's, like, certain shots... I forgot what we talked about, but it was, like, her head took up, like, a certain amount of space on the... Mm-hmm. page and the stuff like that yeah and i just wanted to mention that that is the thing we spoke about <laughs> and that was the only thing i know about <laughs> that's uh, like the composition of the yeah no yeah shot? yeah it was like yeah. and certain shots will look smaller because she like is like oh, being okay. like smaller by hannibal and insurance shots like when she figures out what's happening it's like a very close shot 
Okay, I see what you and, mean. And, like, she takes up, like, a lot symbolism, of the Symbolism. Cinematography. I don't think it's symbolism, but yes. Cinem- uh, cinematography. It's, it's like It's mo- not like a symbol. Like a motif. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You hear that? That's Tess vaping. It's not. Um, <laughs> I took a film class once. <laughs> it was actually literally, like, the hardest class I took in high school. Not gonna lie. We had to do so much work for it. That's not, that's not true. It's not the hardest, but it was, like, of the time, of, like, the semester I was taking, it was one of the harder ones. Because it was just, like, a lot of writing. But we watched, we watched Psycho. Um, Oh, Brother, Where where Art Thou? I've seen that movie. We watched that in English class. I never took a film class because my high school, (laughs) I could only take art classes in, so. Oh. Because I was a art major a visual arts major so yeah. i couldn't take any fun electives no that was the only elective i've ever taken ever is in high school because we didn't have electives until like your last semester of senior year so interesting yeah yeah but we love a good film everyone should watch that movie because it's amazing jodie foster rules my world so is that all that's all okay um <laughs> that's all folks sorry <laughs> that i that we all seem super distracted during this episode i'm very tired and we should have recorded yesterday but tess didn't want to i um yeah so, you're right that was my mistake <laughs> so you can so real sorry about me dozing off during this whole episode <laughs> and eating macaroni and cheese but um go go to our website it's what's the you know the link slash site yeah and then you can follow us on instagram at screen of the crime and then also facebook and twitter are the same we post there regularly so check us out um yeah thanks for listening and see you next week with another case we'll be more awake we promise so sorry thank you for listening bye bye <laughs>